Dearly beloved, we are gathered today to witness the joining of two Welcome to The Corner Booth, our weekly podcast where we discuss all things weddings, relationships, and everyday quandaries. We're your hosts, Cynthia and Megan, two wedding professionals that have seen it all and are here to help you through it. So grab your favorite beverage and let's, let's get, get cozy. Yeah, the things that are on this carpet, the, the things that this carpet has seen. Questionable events. Yes. Do you see some of the stains? It's really girl. It's not for me, I promise, because we don't ever use this basement. <laughs> I think we had a renter right away when we moved in. Yeah. Oh, oh they lived quote unquote renter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my cousin. Oh. Um, but she, like, wait, before she moved in, I'm like, hey, yo, the, the carpet is nasty. So, you know, there's stories, and if only you could talk and tell us. I don't want to All the life I've seen. The 70s. Luckily, I don't think anybody died here because I think you have to disclose that information when you sell your house. Show me the car facts. It's like, <laughs> but show me the house facts. <laughs> yeah, I think they do. <laughs> imagine, like, ugh, them not telling uh, you. But maybe they didn't know. It could be like, you know, serial killers that hung on caught. We don't know. No. Watching too much Dahmer. Yeah. I got to the part last night, like the episode, spoiler alert, um, where he kills his first victim. Yeah. Like accidentally. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like, nobody knew. Like, nobody would right. know that man. And he scattered the ashes everywhere. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's not the right one show to pick to watch before you go to bed. No. No, and I fell asleep watching it last night. You psychopath. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. I fell asleep watching it last night. <laughs> I don't remember anything that I dreamt during that time. And then I got up and I... I have been having some weird dreams when I watch it. It's I can't creepy. remember what they were, but I've been having some weird-ass dreams. And they have been things with death and things, too. Mm-hmm. I need the series to be over because I, I need to, need to get, get to through it. watching it. Yeah. But there's, like, a whole bunch of other ones you can watch, too. Uh, no. Yeah. No. no. How was your weekend? That's how we always like, you always go, so how was your weekend? I need to say it to you. I wonder. There's no other way to phrase that though. Yeah. So what's up, girl? What's, mm. what, what's, what was your week like? <laughs> another week, another wedding. Um. So- <laughs> Yeah, no, it was exhausting over and over. And there's two weddings, so it was um, Chris wasn't there, so it was kind of like making sure that everything was good. So just a lot. Oh, you were at the, you were in the tent and in the event space. I had Saturday? I had Addison, my concierge, do the tent wedding, but okay. you know, making sure things were good, going okay. back and forth a little bit. She had it all handled, so it's not like I had to like be there for both of them the whole time, like running back and forth. We were mic'd up and good talk, but there was just yeah, it was it was a long weekend. Three you know three wedding weekend and. Same. Just the way they are. I knew people that were at the tent wedding on Saturday. Oh, yeah. So, my cousin. So, the renter that I had. Oh, her and her boyfriend Full circle. So, yeah. Full circle. There. Yeah. Oh, dang. We had three weddings this weekend, too. Mm-hmm. But they were all, honestly, kind of boring. And, like, boring in, like, the ba- the greatest way possible. Right. Like, nothing wrong happened. Yeah. It no, was those are nice. Easy. I did have to yell at the bridal party though friday yeah. during like 
ceremony lineup because I cut the grandparents down, the parents down, get the bridal party lined up in that front area. And there's not that much space between the chairs and that front curtain area. Mm -hmm. And they were so, so loud, like Uh, talking uncontrollably. So I leaned back and I said, you guys need to shut the fuck up right now. (laughs) And they all kind of like looked at me and they all stopped talking. Oh, good. At least they listened too. And they look at you and be like, I'm not well, listening to you. I kind of, I apologize to the bride afterwards. I'm like, I'm really sorry for lashing out. Like I shouldn't have done that. I should have handled that a lot better. And she goes, no, they would be really loud and obnoxious. And I'm like, okay, so good, yeah. right? We had one moment like that where they were doing their first dances and, um, it was the, the bride did a first dance with her grandpa or like oh, did a like father daughter dance with her grandpa. And it was the cutest thing. It, the cutest song and then after he grabbed the mic and like did a little speech oh. and it was like it's like the wrong time when you don't have people's attention to do that because no one's listening and like yeah. the party's starting to go but like everyone was going shh, shh, especially people in front like trying to listen and makes it worse yeah and so like we kind of felt like due diligence to be like hey listen so like i was walking and bussing and i like walked around and i was like hey i think the grandpa's talking like why don't you whatever and i tried like shut the doors to the lounge to try and like get them to get the hint and they didn't and so like my bartender went over to the one group of like groom, like bridesmaids and groomsmen and just like people like young people and we're like hey the, the grandpa's doing a speech right now if you guys want to like keep it down a little bit and they like wrote her off they like looked at her like whatever oh. and like why are you telling us why are you trying to tell us anything and i was like okay we tried <laughs> oh, that's so disrespectful though like let me they know- have this moment yeah and i know they had no idea what was going on so like they were kind of one probably just like what the heck is she trying to do but it's like we had the best intention we're just trying to yeah. just like just like bring it down a little bit yeah. yeah yeah i feel like it was just one of those weekends where you just get like the best of yeah, I like couldn't put my my like big hospitality foot forward, like put on the show. I was just like, I by the end of it, I was like, I, I also didn't wear the right shoes. Um, yeah, should have brought a spare pair pair of shoes because my feet were killing me. Were you wearing, bringing me down? Were you wearing your new Jimmy shoes? No, <laughs> no, because they got claimed. No. Uh, you're really over here talking about how you're saving up your money, your your tip money, you're gonna get some Louboutins, and then all of a sudden these Jimmy Choo's are left behind one weekend, and I was like, "Holy hell, they're my size!" And I was like, "I really hope no one calls for these." Like you know, they left it behind because you know they didn't need them anymore. And that was one of the greatest dying. tips you could have ever gotten. Yeah, I was like, "You're saving up for these shoes, and look at these just fall into my place." I was so excited. Yeah, things and are then finally they, coming up, Cynthia. They here. took them the next day. I was so upset. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to text you and be like, "Yo, they ever claimed those shoes?" And I'm like, yeah, they probably did if she hasn't said anything to me. Uh, but yeah. also, like, maybe she's trying to be humble. <laughs> Just whip them out sometime. Well, speaking of being humble, did you get your Louboutin? I did get my Louboutin. Woo! I, it was the most, like, women empowerment moment I've ever had in my entire life. Because mm-hmm. I walked up to the guy and I'm like, I would like these shoes. I don't know what size I am. Um, but I also want to try on these ones. Yeah. So we tried on both pairs. I ended up getting a completely different pair than I thought I was going to be getting. Yeah. Um, but they are phenomenal. Well, what a moment. You've been signed, you've yeah. been waiting for them and you finally got them. And then the greatest moment was I brought he brought them up to the register for me, was putting mm-hmm. them in their cute little bags, give me the extra little heel thingies in case they break. And then he rings it up and he goes, It'll be this much money. And I'm like, perfect. And I handed him over cash. Yeah. And he goes, Oh. Oh, and I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I should have said I was going to pay cash and not car. And he goes, nope, I just have to change a couple things here. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) 
he packages them up. He hands them. He goes, I'm so thankful I got to be part of your first Louis Vuitton experience. Aww. And I'm like, I don't know how this works, but am I supposed to get some change? Oh. And he's just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like, I was like. <laughs> I'm so used to people paying with like credit cards and stuff for these. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, this is the one purchase I don't want my banker to know about. So, (laughs) but I'm like, so then the whole entire time I'm walking through the mall of America, like trying to like buy work clothes and other shoes and stuff like that. I'm, I have like this pit of anxiety being like, God, was I supposed to tip that man? Oh, I don't know. No, because I'm just like, well, he did like keep my $20 but he, he he did eventually give it back but I'm like maybe that's why he didn't originally give me change because he just assumed I was going to tip him that but I don't know are you supposed to tip your shoe salesman when you're buying designer shoes I have no idea never bought designer shoes neither have I but never like you don't do it at coach they don't ask you to like when you buy purses and things they don't yeah. there's no tip line usually I don't know things have changed these days I don't really know I feel like they work off commission anyways so I right. feel like he got a good chunk of that shoe price Right, right. I think he just forgot because people don't usually have cash. Yeah. Yeah. They're not ballers, apparently. (laughs) But good for you. And you know what? Every time you said that you wanted them, I've never been like, oh, yeah, I want some too. Until those little shoes were in my hands and mine and then gone they're never really mine they're in my on my feet (laughs) and then and then gone and then i was like man me i do want some of those you felt like a powerful bitch yeah i did well you know who else is a very powerful bitch oh our guest today hey i wonder if he will also think of himself as a powerful bitch Well, I call him a fancy bitch all the time so okay okay (laughs) he's acquired (laughs) he's 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 fine Well, yeah, I think the best thing is just to bring him on. Talk back here. But if well, but if Dan talks back there. Well, you are you guys well, it's going to be it's going to be a little clearer if you're a little closer like this. Yeah. That's true. The other thing is like huge if I'm pro. if I'm here and He's you, mansplaining to us is yeah, what's happening. Yeah. Mansplaining work if you just listen, okay? <laughs> My god. <laughs> you took me off your phone back screen. You bitch. There's a man on there. Yeah. Just a picture of me and him. I've had Cynthia on my phone background since April. <laughs> I did it for a while. I'm Rude. We are not best. I was changing my phone screen when I updated. I'm like, no, I have to have Cynthia on there. <laughs> I, needed, I needed, like, just a photo. And I've literally never had him and I as a background, no, ever. It's just not the same vibe. Correct. No. It's not as fun. It, I don't look at my your phone and get joy. I look at my background and I feel joy because look at how much fun we're having. It is fun. We're drinking wine in the vines. We See? <laughs> That's your kid. Brings you joy. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Today we have Dan Dinsmore with us in the corner booth. Ready for some girl talk. <laughs> Hello? Is this thing on? <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> okay, well, since Megan, you, I think you should be the more do the introduction. I probably will not say anything nice about this man, but just be good nature. Okay, today <laughs> we have my friend, my confidant, the man that let me sleep in his basement when I was homeless, my boss, Dan Dinsmore, <laughs> owner of the Capitol in St. Peter, former owner of Daniel Dinsmore Photography, established in 2006? Two. Two. Okay. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> might have been technically 2003 now that I think about it. But early I was 2003. Pretty close in my time frame. Um, welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Well, thanks. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. So you were a photographer before, where you're from, all how that. You, how you got started in the wedding industry. Yeah. Okay. Born and raised in Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. Spent a small amount of time outside of Mankato when I lived in Minneapolis when I went to art school. Okay. Where did you go to art school? Um, Arts Institute. Okay. Did I, you finish high school graduation? Did you finish college? I promptly dropped out. <laughs> we got the information we needed and we left with it. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't even go that far. How long did you last? <laughs> Okay. Well, that's not the point of it. Keep going. Not not one year. Let's just say that. I'm I'm just I'm proving a point here. I'm yeah. proving a okay. point. We'll circle this, back to this at the yeah, end. Yeah. Say this seems. I uh, yeah. I didn't it, and I don't feel like it was totally my fault. I didn't like the school that much. But then I I didn't really go back either. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you went to school for the arts. Yeah, I went to I went to school for animation. Ooh. Like, so what was your original plan? Oh, I uh, I originally thought I was gonna be in a studio somewhere uh, animating. Like play Ooh. animation? Like no. Wallace and Gromit no, animation? That, man, that would be really cool. I love <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. That's what I think of when I and, think of animation. And I love stop motion. But, you know, everything's computer now. So I'd probably be in a studio somewhere doing 3D. I could see you working on a show like Rick and Morty. Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and where did your transition happen? Well, you know, I dropped out of school. And then... Uh, with not very many options for an art school dropout, <laughs> I became a photographer. <laughs> We're just thinking of the beauty school dropout. <laughs> beauty school dropout. No graduation day for you. <laughs> so next up, photographers. <laughs> I can count on you. <laughs> next best Next. Oh my God, words are hard today. Next best option. Let's go to photos. Mm -hmm. Why what on sparks earth? that interest? Oh, uh, you know, I've always had an interest in photography, and I've always had an interest in the visual arts. Yeah. Um, the, you know, some of it was just out of necessity. Uh, um, I needed to make a living. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do something creative, and that seemed to be maybe the path of least resistance for um, southern Minnesota, this area that we live in. There, so back then there – sorry, go on. Well, I was going to say there probably wasn't that many photographers yeah. around the area. There was a there's a few, but but not there's a need for it demand. Uh sure there was there yeah there, definitely a need and you know I was the new young guy back in two thousand two two thousand three <laughs> and uh, so brought a fresh you know what I you know maybe a fresh maybe that's not all it's all perspective. I feel like when I was like going through high school and stuff and maybe it was different for you because you grew up in this area but like I had some classmates that went to Dan for senior photos mm -hmm. and it was always like oh well. That's the cool guy if you have a lot of money to go to, whereas, like, us poor people, we couldn't go to Dan Dinsmore. But after you I started... The, you were the cool person to go to. Everyone yeah. got their, their senior photos from you. Exactly. But for, like, a small town place that I came from, it was like going to the big city to get your photos done, and you right. didn't do that. So the people that did go to him were, like, the cool kids in my class. Yeah. And then I started working for you, and I'm like, oh, this bro wasn't that expensive. Like, he was actually a little bit <laughs> more... Not that cool. Uh, yeah, yeah he's also not, not that, that cool. cool. No. Try living with me. <laughs> okay. So, um, I was going to say, we never introduced our drink. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. So, special request. Yes. Today, I asked Dan what he wanted to sip on while we were um, talking in the booth today, and he wanted old fashions. So, that's not exactly true. Well, okay. I asked you. I wanted a Manhattan. Well, no, I said no Manhattans because I don't like vermouth. So, no, that's why when I said Manhattan earlier, you were like, no, it's no. an old fashioned. <laughs> Sorry. So, I. A, a Dan Hatton. Ooh, that's what we're drinking today, is in okay. Dan Hatton. Mm-hmm. There's no vermouth in here, though. Not even close. A Dan fashion. So I mix Dan up. fashion. Okay, back to me. Um, <laughs> so right. I mixed this up some Sazerac rye old fashions. And then I got some awesome little orange peels mm-hmm. from Cork and Key in Mankato and popped those in them. Yeah, too, and so. they're delicious. I don't drink them. and They're I delicious don't. and they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah they look great. Um, I got the Sazerac rye from the Capital Room, but you can also buy it at other liquor stores in town. Um, the Wine Cafe has Sazerac rye. Um, available to purchase, like if you're drinking at the bar. Um, otherwise, they do have a great selection of other bourbon and whiskeys in their wine shop at the Wine Cat. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so tell us more. You started in photography, and where you, uh, I guess that's what did weddings, seniors, families. Like you kind of took upon every little thing that you could put your hands onto. Why on earth would you do that? And what did you love doing the most when you were shooting? Oh, okay. Um, it took me a long time to realize that I needed to specialize with, with photography and do and just focus on the things that I was good at and focus on the things that I enjoyed. Um, but I really enjoyed graduation photos. Um, I really enjoyed wedding photography, and I really liked doing kid photos too. But it just was it was so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, I guess weddings are unpredictable as well, but um, graduation photos are not very unpredictable. You can just tell some jokes and take some photos. Yeah. So did you like the variety of different ones, or did you find your niche where you're like, I just would rather be doing these ones? Oh, yeah. By the end of it, I was only shooting graduation photos, commercial, and then wedding photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like you cut out family photos in 2014. I think that's about when we kind of stopped doing those, maybe 2015. And I enjoyed it, and I met a lot of great people that I really enjoyed, and I took a lot of photos that I really liked, mm-hmm. but it was just harder and harder to fit that into the day. And, uh, um, and then also swapping between different photo shoots was kind of an emotionally taxing sort of thing where you're trying to make a six month old smile and then you go to a 16 or 17 year old and, uh, some of the the tactics work for both of them. (laughs) And then the next day a wedding. And then the next day a wedding. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're trying to make a six month old to a 85 year old smile. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And capture those intimate moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then deal with drunk groomsmen well and a lot of people ask me what i love to shoot and what i don't love to shoot and when a shoot is going well and when you're in a groove it doesn't really matter what it was i enjoyed it um um so as soon as you're out of that groove though it it becomes it feels a lot more like work and, mm-hmm. you know still got some good stuff that i'm really proud of during those kind of moments but uh, uh we're in the groove and everybody's kind of on board with the vision and it's just going somewhere it's just really enjoyable So when was your transition from photography into potentially opening up a wedding venue? Well, I mean, I guess the two pieces are very far apart. We've talked a long time about starting a wedding venue. Who's we? Uh, uh, Excuse me. My wife and I Mm -hmm. uh, um, talked for a long time about starting a wedding venue uh, pretty much since we started dating. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought it was just going to be – I didn't really – you know, I didn't fully expect it. It was just kind of one of those – It was a dream. Yeah, you think you – you know, yeah. 
things you think about and you have a good idea for and maybe it comes to fruition maybe it doesn't um and then uh um later on in my photography career i realized that i wasn't going to be able to shoot the way that i used to shoot when i was a younger person um i had two kids uh and then, you know, wanted a bit of a social life or at least some semblance of a social life uh, outside of work. And uh, so I got shown a space that was in really rough shape. And I looked around and the bones were really good. And uh, I hemmed in hard for a very long time. And then I finally pulled the trigger. I decided to buy the space and make it a wedding venue. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is... Uh, it is a historic armory that had been uh, misused and abused for, I don't know, probably three or four decades. And so it had, we went all the way to the shell uh, pretty much for the whole building and then uh, started rebuilding it back. And what building are we talking about exactly? Yeah, this is, it's in St. Peter, Minnesota, which is just about 11 miles north of Mankato, um, an hour south of Minneapolis. Uh, and, uh, it's the historic armory. So it was built in 1913 and uh, served as the uh, the armory for St. Peter up until, uh, you know, I don't know the exact date, but sometime in the 80s, I think. And what is this building called? What is this business called? Oh, the, build, the business is called the Capitol Room. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> First full circle moment here. You guys just got to coach me a little bit. That's <laughs> okay, but I do want to talk about your transition of that. So when you bought the space... It looked, it was like, you know. It looked like a call center. Yeah, like sheetrock, everything, cubicle kind of center. Like, how did it How did it look and what did you do to it? Okay, so uh, the ballroom actually had two ceilings. And so when you walked in, it was just like a nine-foot kind of uh, really, it seemed like a really low ceiling. Um, and right now, I think it's 22 feet tall is, is actually mm -hmm. what that room is, is, is how tall it is. Ooh, I've been lying to every single customer. What do you say? You say 30-foot high ceilings. Yeah, I think it's like 24. Maybe. We'll measure it tomato, tomorrow. tomato. <laughs> right. From way down there, you can't tell. Yeah, I have a mandatory day off tomorrow, so I will not be in the office. That's fine. Great. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Where were we? Uh, The the venue. Yeah, oh, what bones. did you do it? No, well, when I first walked in, it was just a drop ceiling at... Eight or nine feet. I mean, it feels like eight feet, but it probably wasn't that. Probably nine. Uh, and it was just 4,000 square feet of drop ceiling and carpet. Mm -hmm. And no windows. There's not one lick of daylight in the whole place. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, they covered up the windows. It's like it, as if working in a call center isn't like difficult enough. Be nice to see a little sunshine. But it's like from the outside, you saw windows. There's windows on the but outside. But then you yes. walk in and it's just not nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Could yeah. you? So weird. Could you imagine sitting in that facility and just being like, my, my life. life sucks. But in the basement, they had a mural that said, "Just keep swimming." <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, they <laughs> had it in the no. No, promptly I, painted over. I, I, it was actually a really well done mural. Um, Someone's gonna listen to this and say, "Damn it, that I was did my that. mural." I think that they know that it was painted over already. Yeah, I feel like when we posted photos on Facebook, I think that that po photo showed up where that mural was, and somebody commented and tagged the artist <gasps> and saying, "This is where your mural was." Oh my god, that's awkward. <laughs> so it's it's on our Facebook page. Listen, this is just a lesson. Everything's finite, even your artwork. <laughs> We're all gonna die. 
Unless yeah, you fatten it, mm-hmm. then you're good. Well, but you know, fatten license. The, the technology will someday. You'll be able to just put something on the wall, and it will just strip the first layer, and then you'll get the next layer. So you know what? That will come back up to light someday. Who knows? Oh, you're right. Yeah, like uh, somebody will carefully restore the painting yeah. that was behind it. Yeah. Of an ancient civilization. Uh huh. And they'll wonder why it's just a bunch of tropical fish and it just keeps swimming. <laughs> They're going to think something terrible happened there. <laughs> Honestly, it's implying that something terrible is happening. This brings us back to the start of this episode when we we're talking what? about the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary, <laughs> Finding Bones. So just keep swimming? Does that mean you're underwater? Well, like they basically were. were water. With paperwork, and you just need to get to the top. They weren't basements. So. Right. That was technically the lunchroom. It was? Yeah. Which there's room a, are we talking about? Room. The groom suite. Yeah, there's a rumor that there's a bowling alley. Yes. Um, I met this man a couple years ago. He came in for like his God knows whatever class anniversary at Gustavus and told me a story about how him and his friends would come down or come to the armory from mm-hmm. campus. They'd come down to the basement. They'd go bowling and then they'd go over to the embassy and drink some beers and then they'd go upstairs yeah. or back up to the ar- or arboretum up to the college. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then when you picked your venue and you started kind of deciding and seeing what you're doing, obviously you're like, well, taking these drop ceilings out, we don't really know what we're going to expect. How did that go with, like, just start tearing down walls? Sure, yeah. I've been in the middle of a few demolition projects before. <laughs> and so I I don't think you ever know exactly where to start. But you start one place and then until you hit a roadblock and then you go to another place. Mm-hmm. And then you might get, you know sidetracked and come back to it or what have you but you start to peel back the layers of what that room was and what it should be and uh, um, it was actually pretty exciting to start seeing some of that stuff uh, mm-hmm. disappear um, it, was, it was some hard fought battles in that ballroom to, to get it to look the way it looks now uh, yeah let me tell you like, did you ever expect that that brick would be there like did you know that well, that brick would be exposed yeah, it's a brick building so uh well and all that brick that you see inside of the capitol room has been mechanically removed by myself or one other person with an air with a pneumatic chisel oh we okay. how through, many hours so many Jeez. hours we went through three pneumatic chisels <laughs> yeah okay. it was bad most of our readers don't know what that means. It's a air, an air power, air power. Hook it up to the air compressor, and it goes bang, bang, bang. Oh yes, I oh, remember breaking away. Yep. Right. And so you knew your intake from the exterior wall. You knew that the brick was there, so you would make the interior. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had that vision when buying it, or yeah, uh, yeah. There was a spot that we peeled back when we looked at it first to to see where the brick was and what it looked like, etc. Now, I want to put people back into, like, the perspective of while all of this is going on, you are still running a full-time photo studio, Mm -hmm. shooting 60-plus weddings a year, 60 seniors, families, commercial clients, all of this stuff. So, like, what kind of headspace were you in, like, trying to get the business started? And and this is not a tote to, like, oh, Megan's the best. Like, Megan took care of everything. (laughs) Um, This is – I want to, like, actually know, like – because so many photographers, these, yeah, so so many people want to start this stuff, and they're in the same boat. Yeah, uh, it wasn't easy, and until you just mentioned it, I think I had compartmentalized most of that, and to try and get into an emotional headspace during that time, trying to go back to that, I, it was going to be difficult. 
Mm-hmm. I might cry a little bit. <laughs> um, well, this is the corner booth. Crying, laughing, everything. Wedding yeah, wedding therapy. Oh, yes. We have to start using our new branding. <laughs> wedding Hashtag therapy. wedding therapy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can it's, cry in the corner booth? Yes. Oh, um, oh, our, you're welcome. Our new motto is... Yeah, actually. I get to show it here. But... <laughs> um, it is hashtag, it's basically wedding therapy. Yeah. That's that's this podcast hashtag. We haven't, yeah. we haven't so, released it yet, so yeah, I was no. very confused. Yes. <laughs> well, tonight we'd like to announce our hashtag. <laughs> this is our new rebrand. Wedding therapy. Dan, please start crying. I, well, <laughs> I'm not the there dream. yet, but... Uh... But I think like that's very important to know is because you were, you had a a newborn baby mm-hmm. at the time of all of this happening, you were running a full-time studio and starting this new company that you had no idea whether it was going to work yeah, or was, fail. Yeah, it was terrifying. Um, well, and not only that, we when we started, I didn't know we were going to finish in time. I, I was convinced that we wouldn't, but I just kept working every day like it was just going to be okay. And uh, in the end, it was. Denial, but it worked. <laughs> Denial. So we gotta... First step to acceptance. <laughs> he's so, okay, so Maui's sitting in the corner booth with us tonight. Um, and he's so used to sitting in my work chair with me behind me. He's like clung to Cynthia like she's his mother. He stopped moving, so I thought he got off and he just got comfortable. He loves sitting. I think he feels like the warmth of you. And oh, yeah. he's like, oh, this is my mother. I can be your adoptive mother. Look at him. <laughs> He's like, bitch, put me in the corner. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Dan needed a break. <laughs> uh, it it was emotionally taxing. It was a lot of physical labor. Um, luckily, Megan was in the studio doing the general management. And I, I guess, I don't totally recall this, but I suppose I probably left the Capitol Room doing construction and then went on a photo shoot and then came back. I don't re- I don't remember a specific incident, but it seems near impossible that that didn't happen in that just like that. Did you ever sleep? Yeah, yeah, it was uh yeah. Uh early that. on I got some sleep, but then uh there was a few nights I spent at the cap room while we were doing work uh and sometimes it was, you know, get done at midnight, start back at 5. Well, it was because I lived with you and Emily at the time in the basement because I was helping with the kids and I was because you guys were starting that. Emily was starting her own company at the time, too. We were running the photo studio full time. Um, So it was just a lot. And I remember I would go to bed um, and Emily would go to bed upstairs. I'd be in the basement. The boys would be in their room and it would be four o'clock in the morning by the time you would roll in and or half the time you and one of our other owners like within those like last two three weeks of opening you guys would go to sleep about like four o'clock in the morning sleep until menards opened and then you'd go to menards and then you'd come back and start a whole 18 20 hour day yeah luckily we didn't do that very often so uh uh, it it happened a lot at the end but um Mm -hmm. it was a sacrifice now, I will say that I think a lot of people who start venues, that happens a lot where I see it where they book ahead of time, you know, a year out saying, okay, we're going to have this venue. It's and nice to have a goal started, in mind. Yeah. But, yeah. but that goal comes quick back does. at you I don't so think quick. Hardly any venues ever are ready by the time that they no. have their first no, wedding no. <laughs> or event. So now being, okay, so Cap Room has started. It's going. It's 
very successful from the start. How do you think being a photographer influenced your decision in starting a venue and the design of the venue, all that stuff? Oh, okay. Uh, so much about weddings is is revolves around aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had some ideas about what I thought might look good in a venue um, and then some ideas of how I would want it lit and some ideas of how I want the natural light in there, et cetera. Um, so that was the easy part for me, uh, it was the aesthetic, uh, because, uh, that's just the language I speak. And so if there was something in there that wasn't quite right, we'd just take it out and redo it. And, uh, um, yeah, so it was, you know, we definitely made some mistakes and put the wrong stuff in the wrong place and you just, you adapt. So you have to be flexible with your vision, um, especially with a building like the Capitol Room, because as you start peeling back those layers, you don't really know what's under there. So you have to, um, you have to be flexible with your vision, you know, maintain the core vision, but then be flexible because there's been, there was plenty of sidesteps at the Capitol Room that I was like, oh, I actually really enjoy how this looks. I wasn't expecting this underneath all this. Um, let's roll with it. Let's keep it. I, I enjoy that. So um, as far as the logistical, like the logistics side of it and uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of management and running the company, I mean, you do most of that now, Megan, but in the uh, very early stages, we it was me and you. We were just figuring out in real time how to run a venue. Well, it was you. <laughs> and then I kind of jumped in. Uh, sure, right. So uh-huh. you you had the whole backbone for everything. I just kind of jumped in. So Right, right. Well, But you had the background of having your own photography business before, so running your own business to then start, you know, just a different yep. business. So at least you have that. But do you think that, like, while you were doing, creating the, you know, you said you had your trial and errors. Like, obviously, you, don't, you can't predict what's going to happen. Um, but being a vendor and going to multiple venues when you did do weddings, I think that probably helped you in creating those areas. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And so we were dealing with a historic building. So we we couldn't really change the footprint, but we could change what we wanted inside of that. And mm-hmm. luckily, the bones were so cool of this building, and they were laid out in such a unique way that it really lent itself really well to uh, opening a wedding venue there. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I just like intervene? Something I think is very, 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 very funny. Cut out a couple of those various ways. Um, Dan says um more than you. And I want to, I keep like, every single time he says it, I smile a little bit bigger because I'm like, where's my fucking ball or box of balls right now? (laughs) Cynthia and I have this new thing and I'm going to order a bunch of like little styrofoam balls on Amazon. Every time I say the word like, she's going to (laughs) throw one at me. Every time she says the word um, I'm going to throw one at her. But you're surpassing me. Thank you. Yeah, you are. You and a great job. I haven't even noticed that 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 word is just so normal for me. (laughs) Like I noticed. I'm going to try and replace it for the rest of the podcast. with. You'll notice now that you say it. Yeah. Instead of saying, um, I'm going to go, oh. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Hello. (laughs) This is also an ASMR (laughs) podcast. We want people to listen to their mother in the bathtub, doing a face mask, drinking a glass of wine, peanut on a water. Megan and Cynthia. Listening to some Michael Buble. No, no Buble. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue on. I don't know where we're at. Where were we? Um, I don't know for sure where we were, but I mean, we can. I can. I can move on to another question. Well, I think, honestly, I think like the biggest thing Let's is. Let's talk operations. 
Let's not talk Let's, operation. Yeah. Let's, Let's, like, not, that's a whole different episode. I have a whole episode geared just towards Cynthia, and I have a whole episode geared just towards me. We just need people to actually want that. <laughs> want it right now. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants to know how the sausage is made. You know that? It just has to be beautiful on the outside, mm-hmm. and nobody needs to know yeah. how painful it was to get there. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think... It was. Every time. People are always curious, though, about it. Because I have, I mean, guests that come in all the time and they ask me, they're like, oh, how old's this building? How'd you get started? I usually show them the before photo. Then they ask me, oh, like, oh, are you the owner? And I'm like, absolutely not. Good luck finding that man right now. He's around. <laughs> but, okay, so if you could give any advice to anyone who is starting to they want to open up their business or their own venue for the first time, or they op- are opening up a, another a venue. What what kind of advice do you have? Well, I don't know. For, for me, when I opened the the Capitol Room, naivete really played a large role because if I knew what I was getting into beforehand, there's a real good chance I wouldn't have stepped in. I wouldn't have stepped in. But you but, don't regret it now. I don't know. I not at all. Yeah. I, I love the space. Um and uh. uh yeah, I, you know, so, you know. There was no, a lot no of memories made, though, in that process. And, it's like, just. really true. It was. It was the good parts go were good. Bad parts were awful. Yeah. I remember the bad parts. Yeah. But that's, I, like. That's the parts I remember, too. But it's also, it's so, like, heartwarming. I'll never forget, like, the last two weeks before we opened, just the community of friends and family of, like, yours and mind that like came together and helped bring everything to light they like just, they just people that just came up. in yeah. came in just like even unboxed chairs wash dishes like paint dust like do literally bring food and alcohol yeah oh my god <laughs> the food <laughs> like i'll never forget bob and nancy literally every single night bringing pizzas or tacos or mcdonald's just and truckloads of food for all these people that were working oh yeah it was a our community lifted our friends lifted up lifted us up and and got us across the finish line now being a sorry i'm gonna go a little off script here you say bean a lot bean cool beans cool <laughs> cool, beans. cool beans um now navy bean obviously like the venue was already in saint peter like the building and everything but did you ever think that you were going to branch out of like the mankato area Oh, uh, because I mean, St. Peter has been very welcoming and inviting, but for you, why St. Peter? Well, the only reason St. Peter was, I was, I was showing the space in it and I think, and I thought it could work. Um, so, uh, as far as geographic geography, um, that, that's all it was. Um, do you think it was a better choice though, compared to like, let's say the same space opened up in Mankato? Uh, I don't know. I have such a, St. Peter holds such a nice soft space place for me in my heart. It's just this really beautiful, quaint town. Uh, I really enjoy it, and I've really fallen in love with it since working there for the last, I suppose, six years. Six years, yeah. Well, and it's actually a little bit closer to the cities, which helps your favor for other couples that are coming. Absolutely, yeah. Thing that so my wedding this last Sunday actually they had this awesome little write up on their welcome. I what would you call this? Like their little program? Yes. Um, as we step in this commitment, we feel the deep importance of recognizing the land on which we make our vows. St. Peter is the home to the Treaty of Traverse de Sioux, where the Dakota people were deceived into selling 35 million acres of land for money of which they have never received. 
So that one, I saw that I'm reading it yesterday. I sent it to you and your wife, Emily. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, who the hell knew that was happening? Like, so St. Peter is a huge city for, Mm -hmm. you know, the Dakota tribe. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Well, this whole area, Mankato too. Right. St. Peter used to be called Rockbend. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the history of that. That's actually about all I know about it. Okay. How did Capital get its name? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to go back. Can we go back to how Capital yes, got its name? Yes, actually, yes. Let's go back to that. Okay. So, and I, I'm, I don't totally know all the history about this, but St. Peter was in the runnings to be the capital of Minnesota. Um, the, there were apparently... Hmm. What? Allegedly. would have been? Allegedly. If that would have happened. So, apparently... Man, can't only pop in. There was... They were going to introduce legislation... A proposal at at the at legis for legislation, and somebody stole the proposal and got drunk and played cards in a hotel room. You ready? To, you ready to hear the other little snippet that is very allegedly, and I actually have no idea if it's true, but a little old man told me about it, so I have to believe it. Must be true. Apparently, this man had hookers in his room as well, and the city of Saint or Saint Paul is going to expose him. Ooh. Maybe he exposed himself. I mean, it was all allegedly. Definitely did. To the hookers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had no idea what was happening. (laughs) So all because of his infidelities, St. Peter was not the capital. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah. This is all allegedly. At least it, it lost any chance of being the capital after he stole the paperwork. So, hence, you arrive at the name of the Capitol Room. And that is why 169 is four lanes. All the way through St. Peter, which is very unusual for such a small town. Yep. You lost me. Oh, four uh, lanes? Like there's, there's four two, lanes two, through three, the center of I get what four lanes. What does it have to do with Well, they were, trying to plan a, they were trying to plan ahead for oh, a, a metropolis. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, you should have a plaque out front Forward maybe, thinking people. maybe saying that. About I'll, the capital. We could have been the capital. <laughs> let's, let's let's just You're a historic building, so let's put one of those historic plaques at the front. Just the front whatever there. we just said on the podcast, because it's pretty much gospel fact. <laughs> and, then, and we'll put that on the plaque. And the Wikipedia page. Perfect. Oh, right next to your florals. Florals. You just have you have baskets of flowers up front. Moms. Oh, yeah. yeah. My mums mm-hmm. that I spent way too much money and I had buyer's remorse after, but they're beautiful. They're they gorgeous. Nice. That's all we care about. They're very pretty. I wanted to throw white pumpkins in them too, but I was, oh, shit, I took my phone away. Mm-hmm. Um, But I was afraid somebody was going to steal them, so I did not do that. Pumpkins? Yeah, because you put white pumpkins in yours, and I'm like, oh, those white pumpkins are beautiful. <sighs> one. But somebody's two, but one, one got stolen. Exactly. Just one. That is why I didn't at put your... white pumpkins wait, in wait, mine. Yeah, we got some people get hammered and they're just... <laughs> Stupid. I think I'm gonna take that one. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. And then really they're like, "Let me take that one." That Nobody's one. Nobody's gonna notice. There's this two. One yeah. There's two flowers or flower pots. One. They both. They each have it all in there. I'm just gonna take one. They have still have the other. And what, then I'm gonna put my cigarette butt in the I've, other one. What I've learned about running a wedding venue is people will just they'll steal anything. Right. They they'll do. do whatever they want. They do not care about you. Quite literally, mm-hmm. will just steal anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything's funny. Yeah, there was a in the group. The originally the groom suite had some of my favorite little possessions in there, mm. and I had taken them out. No, right. they didn't get stolen. But I was oh, like, good. I was like, I don't 
Somebody's gonna take this because if I think it's cool, somebody else is gonna think it's cool, and they're just gonna take it. I know the sweets. We have things in them, and they've gotten stolen. I'm like, well, I'm not replacing it. Yeah. So now they're like the bridal suite used to have lots of things in it stolen. So I'm like, well, not replacing it. Don't don't ever have any nice things. Mm -hmm. Have it attached to something, so at least (laughs) it's a little bit less (laughs) that'll be stolen. You'd be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, true. That's how we got your one. Oh my god, what are we talking about? Oh, I was just, your bathroom stall. Well, that's bolted in. and that's That was literally bolted in. Yeah. <laughs> and it was still ripped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They will do it. Oh, also, sidebar quick here, Dan. We have to refix the um, bathrooms in the men's suite again. We need to resheet rock, drywall, and paint. Is this a part for the pod? Is this for podcast? Yes, remember. <laughs> or is this my I mean, this is also like a <laughs> both. Um, this kind of ties into our next question, too. Um, Remember a couple weeks ago when we had some weird shit happen in the bathrooms, which neither you or I knew about, and then all of a sudden you walked in and you're like, what the fuck happened to my bathrooms? And I'm like, I don't know. Is that the language um, I used? I'm pretty sure. Oh, Cynthia's spilling things. Um, And now the paint has ripped even more. Are you talking the men's bathroom upstairs? In the yes. Bathroom? Oh, yeah. I better get it fixed. I'm gonna yes. The week. paint now rip is about like 12, 14 inches long. And like 10 inches deep. So basically wide. it went from a small job to a big job. Yes. So just so you know, um, I talked to the clients on Saturday because the the father of the bride or groom brought me into, not Saturday, Friday, um, brought me into the bathroom and goes, Megan, um, I just want you to know that this happened, but it wasn't our group. I promise it was here. I took a picture of it this morning. This is exactly what it looked like, but the paint has ripped a little bit more. Let me know how much I owe you for the extra paint. And I'm like, what a sweetheart. I'm like, I don't know how to, I gave, I bought him a drink. Well, you bought him a drink? Well, I put it on the catheter room tab, (laughs) which is very, very large right now. (laughs) Wait, he was offering to pay for the paint, and then you bought he him a drink? He turned around where you buy him a drink. Oh, should I do that backwards? He should have bought you a drink. Oh, I'm not very smart. I'm very sorry. <laughs> you picked the wrong person to run this company. Damn it. <laughs> but he was really honest with me. I know. It, I knew it wasn't his group because I knew it was broken before. That's really nice. That is kind of the exception a lot of times. Yeah, he was so nice. They were like, you know what? Thank you for you your honesty. I'll buy you a drink. Here's a drink. He bought, he bought a Coors Light bottle, or he wanted that. Oh, That's what he wanted. Okay. So it was, okay. it wasn't Easily. like it was top shelf. So, fun fact. We do serve the coldest Coors. I don't know. Coldest Coors. In St. Peter. In St. Peter. <laughs> well, where were you going with not that? Not Casoda. Yeah, not in Casoda. Oh, I forget I, that you run a buddy. <laughs> I mean, they got really cold coops and soda. Oh, yeah. The mountains are real blue. <laughs> That's right. The label just turns blue. This is coming from three people that drink a lot of beer, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Seen no mountains so blue. Um, you guys, I had earlier before we went on a tangent, we were talking about the pain of if you knew before the venue of what it would go through. You maybe wouldn't have put yourself through that knowing what you would do, but you, but that's like, there's so many things in life that are that way that that's why you don't know the future because you just have to go through it and you get through it and you will. And I had a good pun for it, but it's not funny anymore. Just oh, do oh, it. Just wait, wait. It. We'll oh, not, it wasn't we, a pun. Actually. Are we going back like 12 minutes to, so you can squeeze in a joke? Yes. It wasn't even a joke, but it was just me being funny. All right. Lay it on us. 
I can't now because it's not going to be funny. It just yeah. fucking do it because no, I'm getting no. annoyed. Do, it, no. <laughs> oh, do, it, do us a favor and just, just sneak it in somewhere. I was trying and you guys have not brought it back. <laughs> I've been waiting uh, to you to say anything about pain. I got and one. I was going to bring it in. Oh my God. I got, I got okay. one load in the chamber and I'm just ready to fire. <laughs> oh. And I tell you, just bringing it back. Pain? Bringing it back. If it's not about me. pain, I'm going to be pissed because I'm not bringing it back again. I will say that. It was super painful and stressful for me to see everything that everybody was going through. And I, like, obviously I was a part of everything, but like, it just, I, I was on the business front. I was selling the space. I was doing all that stuff where I saw you sweating your ass off. I saw your wife stress out. Like I saw everybody else doing everything. She lost all her hair during the whole process. She did. Um, She cut it? No, she also dyed it. (laughs) Um, No, that was me who lost all her hair. His receding hairline was far less receding. It's it's receding more. It is is crazy. Like I kind of just like (laughs) jumped in and everybody else was... Like making the whole company come together. Yeah, there so. was a lot of pain there. There was a lot of pain there. <laughs> and you know what's crazy about pain? <laughs> it's that it's just. Cindy, like, do you have something to say? <laughs> you guys, it's not gonna be great. It's not gonna it's be perfect. great. Just go work. Just go. I have I have faith in you. Not pain. <laughs> Is that? It's just like a childbirth. <laughs> We don't know that. I know none of us know that here. But you know what? It's the most terrible thing. And if people know what it's like, then you wouldn't go through it. But it's a great joy at the end. But also, the mind and the body, human body, work in a a crazy way where it forgets how terrible maybe it could have been or it was at the time because of the joy that it turns around to it. Or you forget that you'll do it again. So, like... That's to say, like, there was a crazy amount of pain and things that you suffering that you had to go through. but To birth the capital room. Yeah, to birth the capital room. And you know what? You remember that it, you I felt like that way? I feel like there's a crowning joke in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not... <laughs> I feel like you, you know there was that pain. You don't remember 100% of it. So who knows? You might do it again, just like people having second children. Yeah, I, we had exactly two children. Yeah. <laughs> that was we're done. Emily was like, "That's enough." Done deal. Oh, but that's what I'm saying. It's like people can still, even though they know it's going to be a lot, and everyone says that it is a lot, but it's worth it in the end. Now, do you recommend? Okay, let's say Joe blows down like the road or something or something. Like, also, wait, was that worth? going back to yes it was it was very funny (laughs) i got a really good kick out of it very kind of disturbing but (laughs) being that none of us have children i do i didn't give birth to them yeah Yeah, you you had the easiest fucking job that is true you had to bring the speaker and the camera yeah speaker i got a text message when max when emily was in the hospital giving birth to poor little maxi boy not poor little Maxie, sweet little Maxie boy. Um, and Dan goes, bring me my speaker and my iPhone charger. I so I, I did. Said, I think I said, please. I don't think. a speaker for Well, they don't have any music or anything while you're doing that sort of thing. It's nice to listen to some music while you're doing smart work. I mean, I wasn't doing the work. but You were there for support. Of course, yeah. I hope we never get into birth podcasts because I'm getting nauseous thinking of this. 
It makes I can't even listen to birth stories because it makes I am fascinated. No, um, I've listened to a couple birth stories on like other podcasts, and I get like my arms start like feeling like. Like, oh. I'm going to pass out. Maybe it's not for you. Do you no. Want to hear, do you want, I have a cat. Look at how beautiful that's... he is sleeping on his pillow over there mm-hmm. on his chair. That is a good looking cat. He's so handsome. He's so the cute. most handsome kitty you've ever met. Oh. Follow him on Instagram at, at Main Man Maui. I didn't realize this was going to be a plug for your Instagram. <laughs> I plug everything of mine. I have five Instagram pages. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Love that little feline. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, okay. So let's say somebody else is starting a wedding venue. Yeah, Joseph a, Blow. Yeah, Joseph Blow is starting a wedding venue. How do you, like, obviously we kind of talked about, like, how fo- fo- photography, photography helped you. But, like, do you think it's very feasible for somebody just to start a wedding venue if they've never been in the wedding industry before? Ooh. Oh, it is. It's a different world. And I feel like being that you had the background, it made it easier. Is that true or not true? Well, absolutely. Because then you you kind of have your finger on the pulse of what works for a wedding, what works for an aesthetic, what is the trend at the time. Um, and and also you kind of understand just the chaos that is that is a wedding in the wedding industry. And you also, if you're a photographer, you have at least a little bit of understanding of how you take that chaos and you kind of channel it into a groove, into some direction. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't always go that way. I think all everybody in this room knows that, that it doesn't always go the way you have planned it. Um, but um, you... I think I lost my train of thought. What were we, what were we talking about? <laughs> Starting a wedding venue if you've never been in the oh, wedding yeah. industry before. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, it, imagine starting any other business that you had no experience in, and, and that's not that's not to say that you can't learn because, uh, but it is a steep. Even for us who were very very experienced in the wedding industry, I think I've shot over five hundred weddings. I know the rhythm. I know the work. I know what a wedding day should look like. I, I, I know all the pieces. I know all the players. And uh, um, um, I just couldn't imagine. It was such a steep learning curve. I can't, for us even. Yeah. I can't imagine trying to. You have that level. Trying to learn, trying to learn that without any of that, that background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'd be definitely starting at like below ground level. Not impossible. Yeah. But a lot of changes probably hire later a good, on. Hire a good manager who's been in the wedding industry. Yeah, but you know what? I will say that I love my venue. But the my predecessor, even though she should have been just as uh, in the wedding, you know, in the industry working operation to understand things, but building a new venue made some decisions that maybe did not work out the, as well. Like, But if I would have been part of that conversation, I could have oh, changed sure. things because I knew mm-hmm. that those things would not work out well, very well. Well, and there's even things like that at the Capitol Room where we designed it a certain way. We had a certain idea in mind, and it just didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. And once we put it into practice, we realized that it wasn't really going to work the way that we originally planned. And then you just have to be flexible. You yeah. just have to, you have to roll with it, and you have to go – 
you have to go where it's easier, where, where it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But it is different when you're starting a venue with the bones already there. Like you're working with what is there. Sure. Yeah. You you can't you're not building from from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, and honestly though, after doing Capitol and Project, and you and I have talked about it a couple times, I feel like starting a venue from the ground up, knowing what we know now. Right. Yeah, the Granted, last six years. Six years ago different fucking story oh but, i can't tell you how many things i'm like if i started my own i right. do this this and this yeah like so many things just like as like a, a rolodex of things of just saying absolutely. Like, i will change i would do this different right absolutely and well just, and some of this you know you just some of it you just learn on the job you mm -hmm. just learn how to do it and and what i found is like part of it is like get some get some locks on those doors <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. Oh, Put locks on doors. So much movement of people in your space, and you just have to limit where they can be mm -hmm. because, you know, somebody with three or four drinks in them can make a big mess in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. You guys both know about that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. So going into that, mm -hmm. we need to know oh, your craziest I saw this wedding on the stories. Mission. And I, I have, I blocked out most of that trauma, you know, to be honest. Like, We've been on a spot, I can't think dig about deep. it. And then it all randomly just comes to me. And I know that I could very easily, like, if somebody prompted me with a story, I'd be like, oh, yeah. And yeah, I could go back and remember how exactly how it felt. But I'll tell you one that I shot that was particularly strange. I wonder if it's going to be the one I'm thinking of. Well, this one. Uh... It was at a venue in Minneapolis because we just traveled all over Minnesota. And, had, and Alaska. And Alaska. And Mexico. And Mexico. You forgot Jamaica. I wasn't a part of that. Yeah. I also uh, didn't get to go to Alaska or Mexico. Your wife did. but What was my so. favorite out of those? Ooh, um, oh, I would say Alaska. Yeah, absolutely. The cold, photos were beautiful. Cold weather. The sun doesn't really go down. Well, that time of year. Yeah, during the summer, right. And then it's down for the rest <laughs> of the year. Yeah. Just take your pick, you know. <laughs> yeah. You get sunlight or you get darkness. Mm -hmm. Darkness. Um, th this was a particularly strange wedding. Let's just say that. Um, on the fourth or fifth floor of this big open atrium that is this venue, and there's there's balconies at every level, four or five levels high. I don't recall. What's the name of that thing that they... Ricola? On the Ricola, Ricola commercial. Yeah, the big horn. If Kyle was here, he'd, knew, he'd know exactly what that thing is called. Okay, phoning Kyle Norland. Kyle Norland. Right now. Why would he know? No, don't give his oh, number okay. out. <laughs> the Okay, so it's called an Alpin horn, which is traditionally a, Swiss, or a traditional Swiss instrument with a storied history that dates back to over 500 years. It's sort of like a trumpet, but it's wooden and has no valves. And has an eight foot or what? And at eight foot long is much harder to transport than the jig gig than the gig. What's the gig? I don't know what the gig is. I don't know either. Apparently, it's smaller. The gig is up. But anyways, no one cared about that. But anyway, okay. So this is how they ended the wedding. They had a fireworks display, and they were a very religious couple, and they decided that they were going to put put uh fireworks on the cross and it just looked like a burning cross kind of a bad omen though for weddings did you just yeah. get a how much of photos of that yeah you know i don't remember i bet that i did but how I'm, long ago was this this has got to be more than 10 years ago 
Oh, that was a long while ago. This is a while ago. This is a long time ago. Maybe not. I don't know. Ask Kyle. Did he second shoot with you? He was there. Oh, okay. The and okay. he's going to remember it so well because to this day, I think that him and I both agree that it's the worst wedding we've ever been to. Oh, yeah. No. Aside from the okay. burning cross? Well, I mean, that was part of it. That's all part of it, you know? That's just the uh, the rich tapestry that was this wedding. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And your best wedding? Best wedding. You know, I, it's hard for you to remember really good weddings because, you know, what sticks in your mind? It's all the bad stuff. It's yeah. all the bad shit. Yeah. So much. But um, I was just at a wedding recently, and it was so filled with joy. Um, the... The couple picked out just amazing songs. There was great speeches, and they just got everybody. They got everybody on board with their marriage, and mm-hmm. um, I really enjoy, you know, even for somebody like me who's been. Well, I think I photographed something like five hundred weddings, and then also I don't know how many weddings I witnessed at the Capitol Room. You know, another couple hundred after that. So, I don't know, we're pushing a thousand weddings, I suppose now, close to it. But even I will get a little emotional at some of those weddings because it's just, a, you know, when you see two people that are really, really meant for each other uh, or are really working at being meant for each other, um, it's just kind of joyful. And they bring, you know, that joy is a little bit contagious. And it's uh, they bring everybody along with the ride, and it's quite enjoyable. And then you add some alcohol and some dancing. It's just a party. It's great. And it's there's something different about like a speech and being able to encompass everyone and make everyone feel important and invited and like special that they were handpicked for this to make this day special that it I don't know. Yeah, it sticks with you. Yeah. So if you're ever going to give a wedding speech, uh, um, spend a long time on it. Uh, Preparing sweet practice. Uh, because people literally remember that for their entire lives. If it's a good no, speech. that just sucks because like I can write down things, but then as soon as I get up there and I'm in front of a lot of people, I lose it. I'm like, I can't do this. So you gotta practice. I know, uh-huh. but like that is so much for the day when you want it to come off so genuine. Yeah. But then it the like, you're so scared, but you can't. You, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just cool when you see those people who can do it and they portray exactly how they are feeling, and then yeah. you feel it too. It's like that's what that was meant. That was what what was you what was intended, and it's it's just so different when I you know. I've never projected. been at a wedding. I've, been, I've never been asked to speak at a wedding. So. <laughs> never been in a wedding. Never been in a wedding. Can you believe that? Handsome guy like myself. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You were the greatest Funny, personal Funny. Smart. <laughs> okay, I want to mention handsome. I... <laughs> With that receding hairline, girlfriend, please. Okay. What are you doing now? Oh, okay. So, you know, apart from the work I do at the Capitol Room, uh, my wife and I bought a bar in Mankato, Minnesota. And and it also has a little liquor shop, liquor store connected to it. Mm. Uh, it is, is it curated by my wife and I? It's mostly wine, but we've got whiskey. We've got... Uh, beer, and, and we've got vodka, and then every else, every other. Uh, we also have malort. Have you guys tried malort? No, but it sounds terrifying. What is I, that? I haven't tried it yet, but uh, judging by the reactions of anybody else that I've seen who's, who's drank it, it does not look good. What it is does it? Not look good, but people go crazy. You guys went through one bottle the first one, two bottles the first night you had it out on the shelves. Yeah, I guess people like a novelty. People like things that are terrible for them. Yeah, That's what they uh-huh. like. It is just, it is terrifying. Oh, it's German? I, 
I, maybe. It's big in Chicago. But Basque liquor, but the A has two dots on it over it. Basque. 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 Known for its bitter taste. Can, can be found in some Chicago area taverns mm. and liquor stores and is growing popularity there, but ha- but is hard to find elsewhere in the United States. What the fuck is it? I know. It's terrible. I remember, so Colin, who made all of our music, he yeah. took a sip skis of it the other day, mm-hmm. and I thought he was going to die. Swedish. So. Oh. Mm. Is yeah. it like moonshine? Is it crazy? I like I I proof? I've never, I've I've never, never tasted it. I've never sampled it. Do you want to go to the says... wine cafe afterwards and sample it? Grab a shot of Malort. 70 proof. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my so God. It's like huh. Anyways, okay, the wine shop. Uh, where can they find you? And what's your plugs? We are right in historic Old Town Mankato. And on Riverfront Drive. On Riverfront Drive. Welcome to the wine cafe. And you can find <laughs> us at. You can find us at. Do you not know your Instagram handles? No, I oh don't. Oh, my God, girlfriend. You did not come prepared today. I didn't realize I was going to be doing so many plugs, you know? You'll learn one day. Find us a... find us somewhere. We're around, you know? When you're a podcast, it's cool. Cynthia and I. Yeah, yeah I'm going to pull up ours now. Think about starting a podcast. Oh, Aria? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want to... <laughs> Aria? Yeah. You want to you know? you buy a system from us? Because yeah. we're upgrading. You guys upgrading this? We are upgrading. Well, I need one microphone. Um... Were you saying before? Okay, you can find the wine cafe at old underscore town underscore wine underscore cafe. (laughs) That's a really long name. Um, but you can also find the wine cat at just just trust your algorithm. (laughs) Trust your algorithm. It'll it'll steer you to us. (laughs) We take you guys on a lot of shit, so. Um, you can follow the wine cat on Instagram at wine underscore cat underscore meow. 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 Oh, he's waking up from his little nappy. Hi, honey. Oh, what? You're so handsome. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> We're done? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Ready to get the fuck out. I know, rude. Well, we appreciate the time that you've taken outside yes. of your busy schedule. Your it's year of Dan. It's not that busy. It's the season of Dan. Sorry, oh. the season of Dan. What do you I think that got season. cut out? Yeah. Oh, yes. Shit. <laughs> That's part of the part that we had to re-record because fucking technology. <laughs> We're gonna hear all of that. It's literally making nothing. Um. Okay, can you just quickly define what the season of Dan is for our okay. listeners, for those so, of them that care? So after a very busy also your four mother's or listen five to this, years, so. I decided to spend a little time doing the, the things that brought me joy. Like so, Marie Kondo. Yeah. Marie Kondo. <laughs> this, brings, back into that. this brings me joy. So uh, a large part of that is seeing live music. And so... Uh, luckily, we live so close to Minneapolis-St. Paul, and I've been able to see a lot of great music up there. Mm-hmm. I've also started to do some stuff in my sketchbook. I don't know if you guys remember, but I went to art school. Uh, <laughs> uh, Eighty school dropout. Uh, and, and I and I'm and I started doing some sculpting again too. And I made uh, um, my first toad. And how many are you at now? 
Well, I made one, and then I made a uh, mold of that one, and now I've made, I don't know, 42 copies. 42 oh, so it's copies. a mold. So you haven't had to hand sculpt all of them. No. Oh. Oh. You've made 42 of those awful little creatures. I don't want a mold. Adorable. Well, you don't get the original. Well, then I don't want anything it's not at all. Mold, and it's hand-painted by myself and hand-signed. Mm. Well, you don't get one, I guess. You don't want one. <laughs> I want your first draft of your next one. No, nobody gets that. That's mine. Oh, fine. Your first mold? Sure. Okay. One of one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, one Honestly, of, if you one wouldn't have one. even told her anything, she wouldn't have ever known. I would have like, thought that you spent still, that many hours on each toad. It's still handmade and yeah. hand painted. I'm going to put it outside. It's quite beautiful. It'll be great. It we have a lot sunshine. of toads out in the winery. They'll love it. Mm -hmm. It'll be like the king. That would be oh. so cute. I'll give it to Chancaska. I mean, I'll take it for home too, but we, they, ha they have friends. multiple. They should actually, Chancaska could commission you. I'm sure. To make it one toad. Commission? Commission? Come on. What's you the said way? it right. The consignment? Com yeah. I'd like to put, commission this toad so I can put it on consignment. You just put a whole bunch of toads around the grounds like, to sell. Yeah. Well, how about I How about I take the mold and I'll do like 200 more and I'll just put them out on the grounds. Instead yeah. of where's Waldo, it's where's Dan's toad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's 100. You'll find them. Yeah. <laughs> They're not hard. There's one every corner. <laughs> In the urinal. <laughs> just staring up at you while you're taking a pee. <laughs> okay, so concerts and toads, home projects. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I yeah. have, I have uh, spent a little time uh, uh, to start making my home a little cozier, mm -hmm. make it a little more livable. I'm currently working on my workshop so I can do some work outside of the house in the shed. Oh, yeah. a little man shed. She yeah, shed. exactly. Well, it's not a she shed. He shed. I'm a he. he shed. I'm a he. He shed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he shed. Yeah, exactly. So I'll uh, have some tools out there, have some crafts out there. Toads? Uh, yeah, I think I'll bring a couple toads. <laughs> a couple stray cats? Well, oh. yeah, we got just the one now. but Well, it probably have babies if you didn't fix it. No, his, his name's Hopper. Well, he will bring some of his babies over. Head scratches. Loves it. Loves it. Well, that'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. As always... Thank you for joining us, Dan, in the corner booth. We appreciate the time you've taken. We love and support you and your businesses. Thank you for hiring me. Mm -hmm. um, and thank you for coming on this podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a great time. Yeah. yeah. Girl talk is always the best talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And we didn't have to throw any balls at him because he did definitely stop saying um a lot. Why don't you correct never me? You know, I'm a quick learner. Do you correct me? I, I didn't Instead of saying um, I'll just go uh, <laughs> Okay, as always, don't forget to rate, review, shut up, Dan, um, subscribe, write us a review, and if you say something really cool, funny, and stuff, we might read it on the podcast. And write us, uh, write in, uh, yeah, write it, what am I trying to say? Send us a message. Write, yeah, write in. Let's yeah. hear your fucking crazy stories. Um, Dan, you can't quite leave yet because we have to do one more thing with you. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at the Corner Booth Podcast, mm -hmm. and our website is cornerboothpod.com. You can follow Cynthia at Cynthia Strasser. And you can follow Megan at Megan at Felber. <laughs> <laughs> and we should do a cheers quick now that our glasses are, are both of our old fashions are empty. Yep. Three. Oh, that, <laughs> that was not great. Very That's terrible. Let's try it one more time. Okay. Three, two, two one. Ooh, it's these skull one. cups. They're pretty good. Yeah. Okay. And then double D. Yes. Handsomest man alive.
Yes. My fanciest bitch. Thanks for saying that. Let's do a check, please. So at the end of every single episode, we ask our waiter for the check. Our waiter today is Mr. Maui. 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 Check, please. Okay. We're going to say it all together, though. Yes. Oh, okay. So follow <laughs> Cynthia's cues. Ready? Check, Check please. please.